the the vein of this one is around the marketing lead the marketing team kind of the marketing lead sort of focused on either buzzwords or shiny objects or tech mm-hmm. stacks mm-hmm. and not necessarily getting down into like the real crux of how are we going to market and sell our our, our services right that's kind of we got a few we got a few topics or themes in there but that or that kind of rolls up under that right yeah i think so wing it podcast goosedigital.com episode 89 who do we have kevin butler michael turksani all right another unhinged episode we are unhinged yeah reflections of a marketing agency Reflections of a marketing agency, unhinged. It's a, it's a, it's a subseries. It's a subset. It's casual format, and the what we talk about in these sessions are very heavily influenced by what's gone on the last like five to ten business days. Yeah, exactly. So cool. Um, I think we we've got we got some good ones here. So we okay so to sort of summarize and then we'll kick into it it sort of feels like and and feel free to add to the summary it sort of feels like the 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 vein of this one is around the marketing lead the marketing team kind of the marketing lead sort of focused on either buzzwords or shiny objects or tech Mm -hmm. stacks Mm -hmm. and not necessarily getting down into like the real crux of how are we going to market and sell our, our, our services, right? That's kind of, we got a few, we got a few topics or themes in there, but that, or that kind of rolls up under that, right? Yeah, I think so. You want to add to that summary or? Uh, I think we're good for now. We can kind of jump down a few different paths as we go here, but I think that's really like the, the high level theme here, right? What we're seeing across all kinds of different organizations, different sizes, different industries, different um, team skill sets within. Yeah, because we we get as an agency we get into deals, so we're 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 constantly sort of either in deals directly with marketing leads, right? Mm-hmm. So they're looking for some sort of augmented service uh, services for their for their marketing organization, or maybe we're up into like revenue owners and and, and mm-hmm. business owners, depending on the the client type. And on the on the marketing side of the house, it tends to be what we've sort of like kind of chuckle sometimes is that there's so much emphasis on these other areas of technically the marketing department. Um, like we said, whether it's buzzwords or the tech stack or just seemingly less important kind of components of what they're mm-hmm. trying to do, and and such a, a lack of focus on you know, the actual value prop, where, where are we aligning this messaging back to sales? How does, how do we need to execute at that level, the content associated with it? And, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at that being like, like, why is this happening? Right? Like, where is this coming from? And is it, is it that marketers lack that, that sort of skill set to a large degree or, or, and I know you've got, you know, more recent examples. So why don't you go with yours first? So I've I've got a ton of thoughts there. And I think, this is a pro marketing podcast. We are pro marketers. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like both of our backgrounds and careers have always been about marketing and we understand the challenges marketers go through. Some of it's legit and real and some of it's self-made. Right. And mm-hmm. I think there's, there's a wake up call that has to happen. It's kind of started, but like marketers do need to wake up. Like you can't 
come to the table with empty hands. You can't come with half of an idea or being focused on things that aren't materially moving the needle. Mm -hmm. And like, you're just losing credibility within your career and certainly within the organization you work with if you're not actually coming to the table with a thoughtful end-to-end strategy. Mm -hmm. You can't just say, I want to rip out the email platform and that's the plan. That is not a plan. And anyone who hears that, whether you're in sales, revenue ops, or executives, you're not going to take that person seriously and you probably won't get invited back to the table. Sure. And I think marketers need to take responsibility for the fact that marketing could either be viewed as a cost center and just branding beach balls and pens like we've always joked about, or an actual investment and revenue driver for the company. That's really the, the two ways that this goes, and it's up to you as the marketing leader or upcoming marketing leader to define what that is inside of your organization. But we see some and hear some things where it's like, okay, we can do that. We can help you do it, but why? Yeah, is it is it because, you know, the these organizations grow... Uh, and a lot of times they grow on the back of like the founder and maybe the success they've had within the sales lens. And obviously there's, there's an approach that sales is taking to convey messaging and to do deals, but on a sales basis, that is way different than attracting, you know, an audience from a marketing perspective, you know, you're one-on-one to a large degree, you're able to navigate and there's a relationship Mm -hmm. build component and there's a whole, whole thing that's going on there that, is a lot different than marketing. Do you think that they're, they're coming into this being like, well, yeah, I mean, all we need to do is get, get, you know, sales loft and all we need to do is get a map and all we need to do is like, just get those tools. And we're, we're going to go talk about maybe the tools right now. Cause I know there's other stuff that you want to get into too. And that'll be okay because I'm assuming that whatever we're saying to people, well, we're just going to say it to them, you know, more automated. Now we're just going to be able to get out to more people and I think we look at that and be like, no, you're totally getting that wrong. Like you're going to mm-hmm. get, you're going to have the ability to conv- to put a message in front of some somebody, but what's that message? You know, how, how are you measuring the success of that? I think, yeah, I agree with that. I think marketers are, they're guilty of hiding behind I don't knows. They're not actually asking critical questions like, well, what happens if I drive a bunch of leads? They click yeah. on this thing or they engage with that. What then? What would sales do? Do sales know what this message was that got them interested in the first place? And they're not being responsible for that. Mm. And I think I was having this conversation uh, on a good discussion on LinkedIn recently with um, Daryl Prail, a shout out to Daryl. And we were, we were talking about these things and it's like marketers just don't know what happens in sales. They've never sold. They're usually in larger organizations, especially not in sales deals. Right. They actually have no idea. There's like this like curtain that separates marketing and sales that's not acceptable. The expectation in my mind, I think you would agree, is marketers should be able to be in any sales meeting and add value. You don't have to close the deal. You don't have to run the process. Sales do that and they're good at it. But you should be able to talk to use cases, customer stories, high level market landscape, like what's going on. You should be able to contribute. I'd say more than that, they, they should be ultimately accountable for the messaging that is being used in those conversations, right? So beyond 100%. just yeah, beyond just like contributing, I think that that's kind of the, you know, the I don't knows or the, um, you know, hiding behind the curtain. It's almost like, well, just tell me what you want in that email, then sales mm-hmm. team, or will you tell me what's required? And they're 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 looking at it from that perspective versus flipping it around and saying, no, you have to be the one to be a. Hey, we need these testimonials. What kind? 
you know, don't just, it's not just whatever testimonials. It's like, how is that fitting into the vertical, the approach that you're taking or, Hey, we're writing a case study. It's like, what does that case study actually say? Mm-hmm. You know, who, yeah, exactly. who is dictating the strategy for that, that case study? Are you just doing your job by plugging it into a PDF and it's like the, it's like now the we have five case studies and they don't do anything because nobody thought about what they were. You're right. I just remember so many times um, I, I would hear from, from sales week, well, we need a case study in uh, manufacturing. We need yeah. a manufacturing case study. So, well, why, what, what's the actual need or the use case? Like, what is the story that we're actually trying to tell? It doesn't matter if it's in, you know, financial institutions or, you know, back in like the, the e-commerce days, right. It was like, well, we need a housewares case study. Can we not give them like an apparel case study? No, no, it has to be houseware. Well, why? What is the actual challenge and pain yeah. they're going through? Because I can give you something and there's just, it's boxes of different materials and goods at the end of the day. Yeah. And that and that's kind of like a, a critical thinking marketer. It's like, okay, how do we actually align this to real pain points and challenges? Not we help this company ship more t-shirts. Yeah, and now you, you, you've done a very surface level case study and then you go to use that to create demand or you, you use it in some way from a marketing perspective and it doesn't go anywhere. It's a mess. That's it's right. a mess, right? So hundred percent. So there, I think that's the, you know, a lot of what we're seeing is, is these marketers come in, they're not think they, at least they're not talking to us about that stuff. And it seems like a lot of the things that we are getting into have nothing to do with that. You know, it mm-hmm. really is coming down to these other areas. And then we're also noticing this trend where, you know, a new marketer comes in and the first thing they're doing is evaluating the stack and potentially like ripping it out or changing it. And maybe we talk about that for a little bit because, you know, I'm not sure the process that maybe companies need to look at when they're hiring to better align it with their stack. You know, hey, I'm Salesforce Marketing Cloud and that's what we have today. And then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, by the way, we, you know, I, I, I've started here and I want to switch to mm-hmm. something else. You know, I know I'm so torn on this. It's like shame on the organization for not asking the questions to um, the quality candidates, like the ones that they intend to hire. Like, what would be your approach inside the first 30, 60, 90 days? Um, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. And then sort of outlining what they do and don't expect of that that leader. Right. And then on the other side, it's on the on the candidate, him or herself, like, why are you not sort of saying this is what I would do inside of the company within those first 90 days? Right. And it, like, again, it's sort of like that. Are you aligned from the get go, even during the recruitment and interview process as to what you would do? I think that's an important part of the conversation, because if you go hire this, this really slick marketing leader, full tech stack experience, going to go blow up the lead gen and make it so great. But the first thing they're going to do is rip out all the technology you've got existing licenses and contracts for mm-hmm. You probably got process and internal adoption already in place yeah like what does that look like and so what the whole the rest of the team who uses this technology has to go readopt something new because the person coming incoming in. is just used to marketo versus paradox or like whatever and all of this is like they more or less do the same thing so it's like you said before you're moving further away from business value and it's just going to take a number of months to get up to speed yeah. for where you were Yes, and by the way, it's not inexpensive. And the reason why we're kind of bringing this up is that it's not like, like we've been in so many situations where that gets shot down. Like, I think that's why we're talking about it is because it's not like, it's clearly not the situation where the hiring company is saying, 
we're not pleased with our tech stack. You know, we're not pleased with our marketing implementation. Like we, we kind of feel it went sideways. We literally want you to burn it down and start mm -hmm. from scratch. I, that's not what's happening a lot of the times. What we're what we're seeing is, oh, I'd like to do this move. There's quotes, there's SOWs put together, there's licensing of a new platform that's come up with, and then they get, you know, all these vendors and as well as themselves get, you know, weeks and month a month into the process or more and it gets shot down mm -hmm. because it's like no no of course we're not doing that we're, we're first of three years into this technology you know like you said we have adoption and why is that even important because most of these systems do more or less the exact surely we can make progress on what we've got in a lot of cases so here's a real life example one of our clients um we've had a few engagements with over the course of say maybe two two and a half years um brought in a new senior marketing leader, great. Uh, the first thing this person wants to do is, well, they'd like to change out the marketing automation platform um, from one vendor to another because they're more comfortable than the other one. That's mm -hmm. sort of more their background. And it's like, okay, the rest of the team's familiar with the current platform and environment overall, how it works, why it was put in this way. Not to say it's perfect, but it, it works. It can continue to be optimized and improved. and. I just kind of felt like, why wouldn't this individual just take the time to brush up on the existing platform rather than go through the pain, heartache, and costs of Switch. putting in something new? You know, you're sort of catering to the the individual versus the operation as a whole. Mm -hmm. and I think if I'm a marketing leader personally, and we've got a level of sales and marketing alignment, and sales actually kind of uses and understands the tools we have, I'm going to default to keeping that at all costs because the last thing I want to do is try to reset their expectations and retrain mm -hmm. them like salespeople are busy they don't want to be in these tools yeah for sure unless and to your point before unless they were saying this doesn't work it's fundamentally broken we need something new that's a different story yeah and it's not insignificant i think what happens is you know sh certainly the tech vendors get excited and they're like oh you know we're gonna augment the cost of switching and we're gonna help you know because they want the licensing revenue and they're they're happy to, to see you switch from one platform mm -hmm. to their platform right but, you know, then you get into like conversations around services and it's like, you know, hey, you've got established, you know, f form integrations, you've got established all kinds of stuff established over here on this one platform. It's not going to be insignificant now for you to go from X to Y, but they they will be told or they will think, well, maybe I can get that done for a, like a small budget. And it's like, you know, you really can't. So then what are we focused on to your point? It's like we're we're literally burning budget and time to move from A to B. And we're not really gaining anything in a lot of cases, right? It's not like we're gaining, yeah. oh, wow, when we're here, it's going to be like amazing. So it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a real, I, I would say, um, part of this wake up call that we think needs to happen in, in, in with these marketing leaders is like, if that's your, if that's your first 90 days, you know, how to be, you know, kind of make an impact. Yeah. I think that that's not really where you should be. No, I'd focused. be, I'd, I'd be so much more impressed with, um, the new marketer that I've hired, um, who comes and says, I want to spend the first 30 days. I want to be in the trenches of every some, single deal. Yeah. Deals. And maybe even some customer success stuff, right? Like, let me, let me mm -hmm. see and sort of talk to the first, the top five accounts that we have or the ones that best represent our, our, our true audience. I think that would be so much more impressive. Yeah. And then again, that would go back to getting to a place and ramping up to be able, be able to contribute, whether it's in, renewal meetings or new deals again you don't have to run those processes that's why other departments are there but you should be able to contribute and add value and, and that would be my expectation for any marketer 
of any seniority who's been there for, say, I don't know, six to 12 months in that role. Yeah. So then the other one that came up recently, organization, decent size uh, organization looking to scale professional services and scale up uh, from one main vertical that they support to uh, as a strategy from a company perspective, looking at multi-vertical. So, okay, how can we start? And they already support other verticals, but they've got one big one, all their content and everything sort of wrapped around that. And in order to kind of go multi-vertical, they have to rethink their content and, and put salespeople in that are focused on those verticals, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> but the, so they don't really have much marketing and the, they've hired a, a marketing leader, but again, the main focus right now, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I do think there's a gap. The main focus has been, well, how do we get all these tools in place? How, you know, we know at a high level, we want to go multi-vertical, but let's go get all the tools in place. Like the, the you know, the, the sales communication tools, the our automation tools, the um, you know elements of the CRM that need to be kind of shored up and stuff like that. Probably all the dashboarding, and it's not it's not wrong. I mean, I think you need to have that foundation in order in order to execute, right? But I am kind of waiting in the background here as we as we talk to them and, and do our strategy sessions to be like, at what point are you guys going to have a budget and and thought process around the 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 vertical go-to-market like how are you thinking about each of these because i guarantee you going from the one big one that you've been supporting to say five or six others that's not going to be insignificant from uh like you said from all those elements that you're probably going to need to now know about as a marketing leader totally you know it's so we were talking before about marketing and the and the job function of marketing being taken seriously and so you're either sort of this passenger where you're not really adding tons and tons of value mm. or you're actually going to be pretty proactive and you are adding value. So I think if you're in that camp, awesome, but you have a big time responsibility then when you're driving through and pushing into new audiences, new markets. Mm-hmm. I saw this thing the other day as a side note, it was like your job as a, it says as a CEO, but I'll just kind of like say as, as a real business executive should be to expand your total addressable audience every year. Oh, interesting. So that could be in a material number of ways, whether it's M&A or whether it's... Um, new product line. or New product lines, potentially even like partnerships where it kind of expands you and other things. So mm. I just thought that was a really interesting way to look That's at it. That's a way to look at it, yeah. But I think so you're this proactive marketer who's really trying to drive the business forward. Amazing. But you have a huge responsibility to gain alignment on things because marketing is the start of that. It's easy to craft up a bunch of messaging on a new website or some new marketing campaigns... But then it's like, what happens when you drive some leads that sales know how to extend the message you've used to capture mm-hmm. this new demand? Maybe, maybe not. Do you have the materials and assets like you're talking about? But it even flows through into customer success. Do they know how to support whatever the hell it is you've managed to sell? Yeah. It's these huge, huge conversations. And sometimes on enterprise deals, that's a, that's a problem that's like six to 12 months away. And we'll cross that bridge there. And I understand that. Yeah. But if you're going to, as the marketing leader, be driving into these new audiences, new markets, you really have to be thoughtful around how the sort of full company-wide alignment looks and how you're supporting that. That was your decision to do. Yep. Hey, maybe you've done a really great job in sort of gaining traction in this new market. Amazing. But it doesn't just stop, stop with leads and reporting on them. Yeah. And I think if you, if it, the, you know, the emphasis of putting in the distribution layer or the, the tools to execute is very similar to say you know running an ad on the radio 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, again, that medium is available to you. There's probably some established um, impressions or certain, you know, depending on the times it runs and, and some sort of established, like, um, high watermark of, like, what the response rate could be for something like that, for example. So then at the end of the day, now the marketer, it's like my role wasn't to go put up antennas and, you know, get a bunch of people to install radios in mm-hmm. their car. That's already done. Right. All, actually, my job is to figure out, hey, I've got you know, and by the way, we bought the right times and stuff like that. That's all happening from like the company that's selling you the ads, right? So you don't, you're not even playing a role there. It's not like you've got a person that has to go in and tweak the Google ads for radio to determine when it runs. It's like, no, that's all done. So you want it to run at 8 a.m. during rush hour. Your job now as the marketer is to figure out what exactly is going to go in that spot, right? And hey, maybe it's going to be over a certain period of time. So you're going to have the opportunity to run three or four different like iterations of that if you will short one a long one of this and that well what is it going to say and i think that that's kind of where we're going is that like ultimately that is their job is it's not to put in all this underpinning and all this execution layer it's like your job is to actually go figure out hey we're expanding into five or six verticals what are we going to say to that vertical to to get their attention to get them interested in us it's not going to be the same thing we said to the first vertical you know, it was built on the back of the whatever happened, happened. Mm. That's where I think is really missing. It's like they're just, like you said, like hiding behind the curtain or. So I think the approach is more like managing the expectation of leadership and say, hey, we don't really know what's going to go on, but here's my plan. Like I got, I've got five different key mess after doing the, the interviews with sales and listening in and talking to blah, blah, blah we've got these key messages and this is how we plan to like really flush them out to determine whether or not you know they're going to resonate right yeah I, I i totally agree with that i think that's probably why we've seen the rise of these like vp demand gen type roles mm-hmm. where it's sort of like the the traditional vp marketing was sort of more on brand comms and events sure oh, and, yeah, and yeah. the evolution we've seen particularly in b2b um is someone who's wholly focused on building pipeline and ultimately attributable rev back to marketing mm-hmm I think that's probably where that role is going, but man, oh man, like marketers need to make sure that they, they gain a seat at that table through really critically thinking, but the whole thing, not just about, okay, well I got the media placement and then what, right? To your point. Yeah, exactly. So would you want to talk about the new buzzwords <laughs> that you came up with after your conference? So we're recording this um, a week after last week, I had the pleasure of going to the GTM partners, Toronto event, um, Uberflip were kind enough to host it in their Toronto office. It was great. There was about, I'd say like 75, 80 pretty senior marketers. Nice. Um, really great event. It was about, I don't know, four hours all in. Um, so whether it's Sangram or um, Judd, um, there's a number of folks that were there from GTM. They're, they're really, really good. Some awesome presentations. And one of the things that I really thought, like that's a senior um, cast of marketers mm-hmm. all in. And I think a lot of them are, really strong there's some even really great presentations from um, a number of organizations but one of the interesting things i thought leaving that was you know before it was like um tech stack stuff then it was abm and now it's gtm as a as a movement right and Mm -hmm. sort of now that's replaced what we were calling last year uh sales and marketing alignment things like that and i just felt like that room had some real rock stars um, a lot of really strong marketers. So I don't think this comment applies to them, but I just thought more broadly as, you know, go-to-market movements are becoming more and more prominent, 
I think it's the same, it's going to land us in the same problem that we're at now with just MarTech in general, just even marketing reporting, which is that cast of marketers will have no problem getting traction inside of their organizations. Sure. But for all the other marketers out there who still struggle today with explaining and articulating to executives and bosses, you know, what's the role that marketing's playing in driving growth? The same thing is going to happen on an even bigger scale. GTM as a whole is the alignment, like we were talking about earlier, of sales, marketing, yeah. customer success, and and even up into executives and, and the role that all plays. And if marketing is going to be that proactive leader who's going to try to um, organize and orchestrate that whole movement, yep. if they can't even explain what their tech stack's doing today, like how are they going to explain this across departmental or cross-functional operations? The one thing I, th I think is interesting about the GTM movement, if you want to call it that, is that I do think it, puts a little more pressure on the on the marketing organization it's certainly I, like i wouldn't you know, say a little i'd say a lot a lot right so yeah. like you know we're talking about like some of these other abms or some of that other stuff which feels a lot more at the time maybe it felt more strategic and like oh what's that right but now thinking back on it it's really quite tactical in a sense right it's just like a component of what we're doing here mm -hmm. but all of a sudden it raises up to no no, no let's go to market now I think you're going to, like you said, real, like there's going to be a real struggle for some of these individuals to be able to, <laughs> how are we going to explain our go-to-market plan and the components of it uh, to our executive teams? I just, I just don't see it in so many. And when we're talking about marketers that are, that have director and VP level titles, yes, these are not, we're not I've... talking about a two year out of school that doesn't know, obviously isn't going to be able to, we're talking about people that have managed to make it through to those levels and will not be able to have that conversation. The new CMO, um, in my mind, like the modern CMO, of course, he or she understands marketing, but they also are going to have to keenly understand sales and likely have held sales roles or at least revenue quota mm -hmm. type roles, and as well as have a really good thumb on what customer success means, the metrics behind it, and accountability behind what happens. Because mm -hmm. if you fast forward... Your great company, high growth, has fully adopted a GTM movement, and marketing's leading it. And then you get customer churn after the first year of the license expires. Yep. They don't renew. Whose fault is it? And not to push blame and anything like that, but like, well, where's the accountability lie? Was it a good customer from the start? Yeah, maybe not. And it's that. So what? Account services couldn't actually hold on to it because it, it's kind of a miracle they ever closed in the first place. Mm -hmm. And and how do you look at that? And so if you're truly aligned marketing is going to the right pond doing the right kind of fishing sales brings in the right tools in order to catch the fish and then client success can do what they need to do in order to have a three four five year um, run run or sort of partnership with that organization yeah i think that's really interesting but it's going to get harder to measure marketers <laughs> but these are the things i think marketers especially like um aspiring CMOs and even CMOs who intend to be CMOs for another five to 10 years, this is the kind of thing they're going to have to start thinking about more critically. Yeah. And I think, you know, knowing, having experience, and like you said, maybe that is part of the challenge is that there just isn't enough uh, strong marketers that have gone, that have seen that type of experience. I think you can use that as a, as a, um, as a, what do you call it? Playbook. I don't want to use that word, but as a way to go to the executives and say, you know, likely we are going to have, like, we're not going to be in the bullseye every time, you know, we're scaling up here and our GTM is going to bring people that are in, you know, the, the second and third ring, 
you know, that's just yep. going to happen. So we don't, you know, let's anticipate that, but like the core that we've really hard to, to find, let's work on that. But let's also realize that if we're scaling up, you're going to have these other fringe organizations and we're, and that's okay. As long as like everybody realizes that, Hey, our churn actually might go up a bit and we may not have the best accuracy on sure. some of these accounts provided that they are a smaller percentage of the overall stuff that we're closing and we're not getting too bent out of shape because in a purist, you know, which I think a lot of them kind of start that way. Hey, we're a $50 million company. We've managed to scale or 30 or 40, whatever the number is, you know, Hey, we got this great base. It's like, mm. yeah, that may not be exactly if you're going from 50 to a hundred, 25 to a hundred, that may not be the same, you know, that's going to be weird for, for a period of time as you dial that in, right? Like you're not going to have the best base of accounts over the, over that kind of growth run. You should have the 80-20 rule or maybe even a nine, you know, 85-15 or 90-10, but you will see some of those other ones. So I think the experienced marketers are going to be able to head that off with the executive sure. team, right? That even assumes that things don't change in your market landscape. Like, And the reason I bring that up is um, to kick off the, the GTM partner session, they had uh, one of the co-founders of Uberflip talk about Uberflip's journey. And I didn't shame on me i guess i didn't quite realize this but they've radically changed their whole offering and mission really yeah like they don't view themselves as an abm tool anymore and it's i haven't really totally kept up to tabs with their offering over the years but how i placed them in my head which was once accurate is totally different now and i thought okay so and it was really cool to hear the story the evolution where they're going now um and this is about them sort of identifying the shifts in, in their market and how they want to um, adjust as a result. But so to your point, they're running this motion. They've been a pretty strong tech company for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden now they've changed everything. So now all the metrics change too, and possibly even some of the customers, the renewals and everything sure. like that. Yeah, so yeah. talk about, it's not just a pivot in messaging. It's a full blown GTM pivot. Yeah. It's pretty bold and brave when you think about it because they're high growth. They've raised tons of money over the years. Like, it's a bold move, right? I think they look at it as future-proofing and the next gen of marketing and marketing solutions. Bold. And I think, you know, you talk about leadership and, and the alignment. I also think there's a gap there. I think with a lot part that's maybe like we've been really hammering on the marketer, marketing lead on this, on this one. But I think to be fair, there is still a huge gap gap number of, of these organizations have this gap between like leadership and, and market like yeah you know it's it's hard for them to have i think when you're talking about an uber flip and they're they're all the way up to the top being like hey we got to make we're going to be making this shift you know there's really alignment hey it may not be maybe a bad idea but regardless we're fully aligned all the all the way to the top i think a lot of these organizations are like well no no we you know we want to go we want to trip our business over the next three years uh, but yeah, we just do what we're doing. Like, just go, go, go make that happen. It's like, well, hold on guys. Like we need to like talk about the bigger picture here. And there isn't that kind of bigger alignment up to the top. Totally. I think the, the one clarification I'd make, uh, you know, for, for marketers is you can never fault someone for not having experienced something before. You just can't. But at the same time, I, I think what we're saying is it, it's up to marketers now to recognize these gaps to understand there's so much more here mm -hmm. and to start those conversations and try to take some level of ownership and accountability on those gaps and fill them in. No one's saying you have to have the answers today, but start surfacing where you believe those gaps are. I think you'd be pretty surprised whether it's sales leaders, customer success leaders, or even just executives period, 
who would be happy to jump in and support filling in whatever those gaps are. You're the one talking about them mm-hmm. and trying to actually install a better end-to-end solution. I think that would go down very well. Sure. Okay, so unhinged, unhinged episode, another one under our belt. Are we on anything else we want to throw in? No, I think that was good. Uh, that session, the GTM partner session, again, thank you to Sangram and team. That was an awesome event. I was really happy to be there. Awesome. Um, okay. Well, I think with that, we'll, we'll wrap it, wrap it up. 